opportunity to be here. And I've been trying to take my time a little bit more calmly and slowly the past few times from behind the pulpit. And I'm trying to push a break on the evangelistic style preaching and um, try to, you know, preach more pastorally from the heart. And uh, I feel I've been led by the Holy Ghost to go in, in a certain direction. But tonight I want to be a little bit more um, in tune with the season and try to connect the church and where we are in this time and in this day. And if you have your Bibles, if you would join me in Revelation, the first chapter. Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to go back a few verses from where I was going to start. And I didn't give Sister Rachel a text or, or a title yet. So I, I, I want to start, if you don't mind, verse 5, Revelations chapter 1 and, and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and of the prince of the king of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth, shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Theatria and to Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like it to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt with the paps with a golden girdle. John was getting ready to see something very beautiful and very something and something very amazing. John was getting ready to see, as the scripture has given us a title, something very revelatory. He was going to see what is to come in time, what is to come in the ages. Not in that immediate moment, but in that immediate moment, God was getting ready to show him 2,000 plus years down the road. And as, John, as well as John could write it, as, as well as John could put it, 
John wrote these words as the Lord commanded him. Write these words. But in order for John to see what God had for him to see, in order for John to witness what God had for him to witness, it began with this. I, John, your brother, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. For the next few moments, I would like to minister, if I can, to this wonderful assembly from this subject. It's time to get in the Spirit. It's time to get in the Spirit. Why don't we close our eyes, lift up our hearts and our voices to Him tonight as we pray. Jesus, we come before you believing in your almighty power and your everlasting goodness and your mercy and your grace that is towards us. We ask tonight that you administer to our hearts, our minds, and our spirit from the word of God and from your throne room. Speak unto us, O God. Unction something inside of us to change. Unction something inside of us to be repented of and to move forward. Something to be left behind or let go. Something in order that we must put in your hands. God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus for you to bring Holy Ghost revival into this church through your people. And we're asking all in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. Why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord and praise Him before we're seated tonight. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You may be seated. As a church is growing, and as a church is growing through the process of changing, there are things that happen that make it just a little bit uncomfortable. As a church gets ready to embark on a new direction, it's as if something unnerving happens and everybody kind of gets discomfited and out of a place where they've been operating and how they know to operate and begin to be ushered in a place where what they know and what they've been taught gets put into use in another avenue and direction. John spent much time with Jesus. John spent much time getting to know the heart of God. In fact, in the time when Jesus was risen from the dead, the Bible says that Jesus expounded unto his disciples all things concerning himself. He spent personal time. He spent long evenings and long days. He ran away from trouble with Jesus. He was in the garden with Jesus. He was at the cross with Jesus. John truly had an understanding of the heart of God. But when Jesus ascended into the heavens... John's ministry truly took a different direction because rather than waiting on Jesus to address the crowds, now it was the disciples that remained addressing the crowds with the words of Jesus that he comforted them with, that he taught them. It was now up to the disciples who had been trained, who had been taught, who sat at close proximity to Jesus to take the very words of Jesus to the masses and to the nations and to people of different nations and creed and tongue. The disciples were 
unction to take the gospel further than it had been in those three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. And so it unctioned them to be a little bit different. The boldness that they seen Jesus preach with. The love and the compassion and the care. The disciples, disciples took that on. No longer were they just mere uh, uh, companions to the ministry of Jesus. Now they were the carriers of the ministry of Jesus. It didn't take long after that the Holy Ghost came upon them. That the Holy Ghost began to use them. As it was prophesied that they would be witnesses of him. Something happens in the effect of their ministry. The church begins to get under persecution. Many of the disciples are faced with imprisonment and death and prison. In John's case, he was basically exiled. He was exiled to an island in Patmos. But it was here that you would think that in his time of solitude and exclusion that you would expect something to change. But Paul's ministry did not change. I guarantee you there was revival in Patmos. I guarantee you there in heaven is going to be many imprisoned and exiled souls that have found Christ because of the ministry. And as John begins to write what the Spirit of the Lord begins to speak to him. He, he identifies himself with, I am your brother, a minister of Christ who is in bonds. And I am exiled and imprisoned because of my faith and because of my preaching. But one thing that I am doing, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Something had not changed in him. Something was still in him to... In, Include his heart and his mind to touch heaven. It was ingrained in him. It was a part of him. And as long as the seasons were changing, as long as the years were passing, something was still the same. He was still in communication with God. He was still in relationship with Jesus. The season did not deter him from the source of his strength and from the desire of his heart. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And no matter how many years pass, as soon as Thanksgiving Day is over, there is a change in, an, in the atmosphere of my life. There is a change in the atmosphere of the world around us. You, you hear it on the radio. You see it on the news. You see it in the stores as the garland in the, is, is put up and the lights are put up. The Christmas trees are lit up. The stars are placed at the top. The city lights are, are, are de decorated with the beautiful Christmas decorations. And, and all of a sudden, everywhere you go, there is a change in the atmosphere. Christmas has come upon us. And it is put upon every individual to get in the Christmas spirit. I've been trying to tell Sister Warbington, we, we had our, our, our first uh, Christmas uh, concert in our, 
our, our, our program uh, practice today, and we've been talking since October. When are we going to get this together? When are we going to do this? But we had hospital visits. We had uh, family matters. We had work. We had this. We had that. We had Thanksgiving. We had things that we were doing, and finally we were able to do it. But now we're getting ready for everybody in the church to be in the Christmas and holiday spirit. Some of you have already got your trees up. And I say trees because it's probably more than one. Some of you have already started all of your Christmas shopping. Somebody might have already been doing it all year long. And so you don't have to do anything now. Even all the sales are going on. That's fine. Now all you got to do is wrap them and put them under the tree. But we're trying to get into that Christmas spirit. And you've heard it said a thousand times before to somebody. It's time for you to get in. The Spirit, not necessarily talking about in the church, but when it comes to this time of year and tis the season, you've heard it, Jesus is the reason for the season, making their life adjust to the desired output or outcome of what is longed for or attained to regarding the world or desire around them. You've seen it through the changing of holidays. There's everybody that's in the the Halloween uh, scene, and then there's the thankfulness time of, of Thanksgiving, but when Christmas comes around, it's a completely different animal. Are y'all with me tonight? In many ways, people get into the spirit of something by, by doing some particular things, and so I, I want to take these things that, that people generally do to quote-unquote get in the Spirit and, and see if we can apply some of these things to our spiritual life when it comes to getting in the real Spirit. Because just as we have to get into the Spirit when you're not ready when it's Christmas time, because regardless of what you feel about it, December is upon us. The end of the year is drawing close. Before you know it, it's going to be here. And whether you're ready for it or not, every radio station between now and the end of the year is going to be playing Christmas carols 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Whether you're ready for it or not, you're going to see the Salvation Army people standing outside of every uh, shopping establishment ringing their bells. Whether you're ready for it or not, you're going to see people walking around with the ugliest sweaters you've ever dreamed of or imagined. You're going to see the, the, the bells and the holly and the garland and the lights everywhere you go. Because it is that season. And in order to truly appreciate it, you've got to get in the spirit of that season. Some of us have experienced life and some of us are in different seasons right now. And I'm not talking about Christmas any longer. We're still attached to certain seasons that have already long passed. But we have not moved on to the season that is upon us. Some of us are still stuck in some past seasons and we have not embraced the, the joy that is in the air, the revival that is in the air, the community that is in the air, the hope that is in the air, the peace and the ministry that is in the air. And so I want to minister, if I can, for a few moments on what you can do to get into the Spirit. A lot of times people 
push themselves to get into the spirit because the first thing that they do is they decorate their homes and their workplaces. They, they take away things that have attached to a previous season and they start making it look festive for the season that they are embarking on and are longing for. And yes, there are some people that put up their Christmas stuff all year round. Chronicles chapter 1 says, But the ark of God had David brought up Carathagim, and they put the place in the and they put the ark in the place which David had prepared for it, for he had pinched a tent for it in that Jerusalem. You see, when it came time to bringing in something that David had anticipation for, he created a place for it to be. Some of us aren't ready for some of the things that God has for us because our hearts aren't ready for it. Our homes aren't ready for it. Our minds aren't ready for it. But I want you to know that God has promised this church a revival. And He wants to do a new thing. And so it's time that you start trying to make your heart festive for what God wants to do. It's time you start making your home a palette for what God wants to create. You start making your heart a foundation for what God wants to build. Oh, I don't think I got everybody with me tonight. I'm talking about some people. You ain't in the holiday spirit. You ain't even in the Holy Ghost spirit. And there's some things that need to be decorated in your life in order for to make it look like you're ready for it. Some people, when it's time to get into Christmas, they're pulling out decorations and they're taking away the pumpkins. They're pulling down decorations and they're putting up the fall leaves and they're putting the greenery around. They're even changing some things because they want to make it look as festive and Christmassy-like as they can possibly think of. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to lose my voice. Sister LaCarrie like, yeah. <laughs> she protects me, I'm telling you. One of the first things that people do is they decorate their homes. The second thing that they do is they play music attached to that season. Psalms, the 33rd, uh, the 33rd Psalm says, Sing unto him a new song and play skillfully with a loud voice. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Some of you got to stop singing what you've been singing. I don't know how some people do it. I'd I, I really like to, to, to get really lean and muscular, but the only way that I knew that is you have to eat certain things. And the only way that I know how to do it easily is eat the same stinking thing every day. And that just bothers me because that does not sound fun. When people meal prep and they have to eat the same lunch every day, five days a week. What if I want peanut butter? What if I want a ham sandwich? What if I want something different? You know, there's a there's a former NFL player by the name of Herschel Walker. He's very his his diet's very interesting. He eats the same thing every day, and he has eaten the same thing every day for the past thirty something years of his life. He might be a specimen of an individual. But that is a boring life. I like me some tacos. Don't ask my wife. I know she likes to go to mariachi. 
When we were pregnant with, when she was pregnant with Posey, when we were pregnant, I don't know how you really say that. She was the one that carried her. The only thing that she ever wanted to eat was chips and salsa for mariachi. Posey's blood types is salsa. That's probably why she screamed so much. She's got some spice in her. See, it's hard to, to live off of the same things. And that's why it's better for you to decorate the home and, and sing a new song. Because at some point, the song's got to change. Another thing that people do is they dress for the occasion. In Exodus, the 40th chapter. And thou shalt put on upon Aaron the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons and clothe them with coats. And thou shalt anoint them as thou didst anoint their father that they may minister to me in the priest's office. For their anointings shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Something changed with how they were presented. I can't tell you how excited Sister Warmington was when it was time to put up the summer clothes and get out her sweaters. You could see the joy because the furry boots were coming out. The big, thick coats and sweaters. She got excited. And she would not stop asking me to get the tubs down from the attic. I'm like, baby, it's October, but it's 80 degrees outside. It's October. It's October in Arkansas. This is not North Dakota. It's not 32 degrees right now. It is hot. It is miserable. We were wearing short sleeve shirts 7 o'clock at night in October. Welcome to October in Arkansas. But she was excited because according to the calendar, fall season was upon us. And because Starbucks was serving pumpkin spice latte, that means fall was in full effect. Put the short sleeves up and get the sweaters out. Oh, my sweetheart, you are going to burn up. No. You ought to see it when someone puts on a sweater and they're rolling the sleeves all the way up here. And there's sweat dripping. I'm like, I told you it was too hot for that mess. But what do people do in order to get in with the spirit of the season? They change the decorations in their home. They change what they are listening to. And they dress for the occasion. And here's another thing. They fill their homes and their cars with the scents that reflect the season. It's not just the smell, the, the sounds, but it's the aroma of the atmosphere. I don't know if you've ever done this here or not, but I know that we've got the sit air thing in the back, and I know we've got the coffee shop smelling all good and the hallway smelling all good, but in the time when we're in the sanctuary and we're worshiping and there's a powerful presence of God and there's a wonderful move of the Holy Ghost, have you ever just taken a deep breath? And said something refreshing about the atmosphere. If you're going to change the decorations in the house, that means one thing. It's time to remove the previous season's arrangements. You cannot celebrate pain and joy at the same time. 
Bitterness and sweetness do not come out of the same spirit of ministry in the church today I, I, I felt that last night when, and I felt that this morning and, the, and I, I know I've been kind of going in, in a different direction than I, I, I've normally felt that I would be going in this time of year and when it comes to the ministry to, to the words of this church but I feel that y'all are ready for this it's time for some things to, that are hanging on the walls of your heart to get taken down it's some time for some things that you've been hanging on to in your personal life to be let go. You've been living in some hurt for far too long, some pain. And no one's just telling you, get over it or get by it. Because I'm not talking about anything in particular or any specific thing when it comes to things in your life. Uh, what I'm talking about is the season is changing and it's time to get in the spirit. And it's time to get a hold of what God is doing right now in this church, in this time, and in this hour. We are in revival. We are in growth. We are moving forward. And we are experiencing a move of the Holy Ghost. You don't handle it the way that you used to handle it. Because it's not, the, it's not 20 years ago anymore. It's not the 90's anymore. We're definitely not in the 80's anymore. Even though there's a big reprise of some of that stuff. The decorations have got to change. Paul tells Timothy, he says, when I was a child, I, I thought as a child and I spake as a child. But when I came, became a man, I, I put away childish things. Now, there are things from my childhood that I still have. There are some things that I still like to collect because not only are there memories attached to it, but in some ways there, there, there's some worth attached to it. My wife did not like my Air Jordan shoe collection, so I got rid of 90% of that. But I still have my Michael Jordan basketball cards because there's some, very, there's some value to that. I still have some of the old G.I. Joe uh, um, figurines that I had when I was a child. I still have some comic books from, from when I was a child. I, I have some of those things, but my wife does not come home and watch me in the floor playing with Michelangelo and Donatello. I'd be worried about you too, sister. But, but here, here's the point. It's, it's not that those things don't have sentimental value. But it's how I handle those things now. I don't entertain myself with the pleasure of those things. Because when I was a child, I thought as a child and I spake as a child. And those were the things that occupied my mind. I know now the value that those things place and they have their place. But they're not anything that I sit and I occupy my time. Why? Because my time now requires my wife's attention and my child's attention. The church's attention. You see, there are some things in my life that are merely decoration. But there are some things that are meant for decoration that people still have in their hands. And it's time to take those things and put those in the place where they belong and start adorning your life with the things that need to be there. Because some of you are more mature, but still got toys in your hands. 
Some of you are ready for grown-up faith because you've gone through grown-up things and grown-up problems. Some, some of you uh, need to put away some, some emotions and some ideas and some, some things, how you handle certain things and start handling them the way that you've been taught to handle them because you're old enough to handle them that way now. Especially when you're responsible and, and you're an adult. Because when it comes to getting in the spirit, there is a time and a place for getting in the spirit. Some, there are some decorations that need to be removed so that new things can be put up. Certain colors and decorations and scent do not match with what the season you are going for looks like. You want healing, you want revival, you want deliverance. But the decorations in your life say that you want bondage. Decorations in your life say, I'm not moving forward. I'm not ready for a relationship like that. No. Some of the things in your life, do, do, how, how real do we have to get down talking about this tonight? It's, it's kind of like when you're dating someone, when you're ready for a relation with someone, relationship with someone, you don't keep talking to the other 15 people that you've been talking to. You commit to that one person and you talk to that person. Anyways, beyond removing the arrangements, you have to change the you have to you have you have to change the frame or mindset of your previous season to create the expectation of a new one. You cannot embrace the healing if all you're going to do is hold on to the hurt. You can't embrace embrace growth if all you're going to do is hang on to what we used to be. You, you, you can't embrace revival if you're going to embrace comfortability with how things are. And this ain't no different than anybody else would be teaching. Especially when the church would be in a season like we're in right now. You've got to understand that, and, and, and I know that the majority of you already know this, but Paul said, I think therefore. What did he say? Therefore I, what? Am. He said, but think, I think myself happy. How, how do you think yourself happy in a time and in a situation when everything in your life is, is telling you that you shouldn't be? Sometimes... When it comes to getting into the spirit, you have to engulf and surround yourself with the things of the new season to be immersed in the full potential of the spirit that is required. It is hard to try to convince people to be at church when things are not going right. When this is the perfect place to be when things in your life are not going right. It's hard to convince people to not abandon the church when things fall apart, but embrace the church when things fall apart. It's hard to try to convince people that when, when things aren't going well in your heart or in your mind, to worship when you don't feel like worshiping, to praise when you don't feel like praising, to sing when you don't feel like singing, to clap your hands, to lift up your voice, to shout. 
You see, sometimes in order to get into the Spirit, you have to engulf yourself with what it is that you're trying to get into. You have to engulf yourself and surround yourself with the praises of God's people of like and precious faith. You've got to surround yourself with the community where before us there is such a great cloud of witnesses. Where we, are, we have to understand that when we come into the house of God, we're not worshiping God on our own. And, it, and it's hard to worship God when it's the only people that are worshiping or those that are on the platform. Or the few that are in the altar. And everyone in the church needs a move of God. And everyone in the church needs a touch. And the pastor's like, anybody need a healing? I need a healing. Every hand in the house raises. But only about six people move. See, because when it comes time to get in into the spirit, you've got to engulf yourself. You've got to get in there. You've got to dive in and you've got to surround yourself. Because in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy at his right hand. There are pleasures for us. You're not going to get that when you're trying to surround yourself with negativity and pain. You find that because when you engulf yourself with what God offers, you surround yourself with the ability to receive what God has for you there. John was in captivity, but going to a place where he was being led freely by the Holy Ghost. He was in the Spirit. Because he knew that when he began to talk with God, God was going to speak to him. He knew that when he began to speak with God, that God was going to minister to him. I, I know that there were days when it felt like there was just no no, no feeling like there was ever going to be hope or, or getting out of there. But the moment that you just began to talk to, the G, to Jesus, the moment that you just began to talk to the Lord, the moment that you just began to touch the hem of his garment and you began to immerse yourself with the Spirit, things began to change. Things began to feel different. Things began to, to sound different. Things began to look different. And he could see as God began to take him up into the heavenlies that hey listen I'm at this one point in place in time but God began to show him and uncover his eyes and he let him see through the years and through the ages that what was happening and what happened at Pentecost and what happened in the upper room was not going to get shut down but and through the churches and through the days and through the ages there was going to be revival because he saw thousands upon thousands and he said these were the tears these were the This was the prayer of the churches. This was, this was the great army of God coming back. The sound of a trumpet. He was in bondage. He was in prison. But his heart and his spirit was free as the Holy Ghost was leading him and guiding him through places that his mind couldn't even imagine. See, a lot of us, we can't see those things because we're not in the Spirit. We don't have hope for what God is going to do because we can't get in the Spirit. We can't sing about what God... Some of us, our hearts are too heavy and we can't receive what God wants to impart to us because one, we won't change the decorations. Two, we won't change the apparel. Three, we won't change what we're around. Four, we won't submerge ourselves into the Spirit. And so they carry around us the weight of where we've been. 
we carry around us the weight of the previous seasons of our life. Some of our seasons have been kind and some of our seasons have been bad. But regardless of where we've been and what has happened, seasons change. You can't expect because of a bad, one bad season that every day following is going to be the most horrible, awful day that has ever been known to the existence of man. No! God's not that cruel. But that's what we carry around. You're not free. John was like, I'm your brother and I am imprisoned. But I'm as free as I have ever been. Because I was, I'm speaking with the Lord on His day. He's taking me up out of where I am. And He is showing me things that my mind couldn't even imagine. You see, when you get into the Spirit, you begin to see the victories that God is going to give you. When you begin to get in the Spirit of what God is doing, you begin to see the healings that God is going to give. You begin to see the revival that God is going to You begin to see the redemption power that God shows. You get to really see the new families that are coming. You really see a glimpse of what God is getting ready to unfold. See, it's time that we start getting in the spirit. Not just the spirit of this season. Not even just the spirit of Christmas. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost spirit. Of what God is doing in this church. In this moment and in this time. Because there's healing waiting for someone. There's salvation ready for someone. There's deliverance waiting for someone. There's joy waiting for someone. There's a garment of praise for the heaviness that you've been carrying for someone. There is a love that is waiting for someone. There is life that is waiting for something. But to be fully engaged in freedom, you yield yourself to what gives you true freedom. And that is the Spirit of the Lord. For He who the Son has set free. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, I'm starting to wonder if some of us really believe that. Because we walk around like we're bound to our problems and our pain and our hurt and our fear and our age and our worry. And we, re- we let loose of the promises that Jesus has given us. The first one is that he came to set the captives free. That's why he came. But his promise that is he who he has set free has been made free. Indeed. I don't know if you know this sister or not, but if you got the Holy Ghost, there is freedom. I don't know, brother, if you know this or not, but if you got the Holy Ghost, there is freedom. Uh, Church, I don't know if you know this or not, but when we clap our hands and we begin to worship Him and we begin to inhabit, let His presence move into this room where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Every single one of you under the sound of my voice, uh, every service that we're here, uh, you've got the opportunity to have the life that God has promised you. Every time you're in the house of the Lord and the Spirit of God is ministering, and you have got the opportunity to have the healing in your body, in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind that you need. Why? Because that's His promise to you. Yes, hallelujah. So we got to get in the Spirit. Hooray! I might just go to Walmart and buy me the ugliest Christmas sweater that I can possibly find tonight. 
just to illustrate how important this thing is. I told my wife when we were dating, someone was inviting us to an ugly Christmas sweater uh, party. I was like, not in your life, Buster. But you know what? If it takes immersing myself in something in order to get in the spirit of that season. Some of us need to learn how to sing songs when there ain't no music playing. Some of us need to learn how to lift our hands when nobody else is lifting a hand. Some of us need to learn how to say amen and hallelujah when no one else is getting... I don't know who in particular that this message was for, but I have been burdened with the ministry of this message throughout this day. And I felt, well, God, let me, let me write some notes out and let me study it and hang on to it for a couple of weeks and make it, make it nice and make it purdy. Make it sound like someone's getting ready to preach it at the next biggest preacher's conference that there is somebody's mind goes and the Lord said well why don't you just minister from your heart to the people and let them know it's time for them to get in the spirit stand with me tonight I want to tell you, and I, and I will tell you, and, and, and my wife will probably try to correct me later on this, but, you know, January when we'll start having our leadership meetings, there's going to be things that are going to be required of people. There, there's going to be some expectations, commitments, Jesus told the disciples, and he said, listen, I'm getting ready to send you out, but you ain't going nowhere until you get endued with power from on high. He said, so you go and you tarry until. How long is until? Until is until. Until is until it happens. And so while we wait, God begins to pour his spirit out. And from that room, it, it, it changes the world as we know it. You don't know what God is going to do when you come in contact with the Spirit. Like John, you don't know what you're going to see. You don't know where God is going to take you. But you will see something something you will be a part of something and something will happen if you want to be a part of it how many want to get in the spirit and I'm not just talking about the Christmas spirit how many of you want to get in the spirit come on why don't we lift our voices and worship all over the house I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered I sought the Lord 
And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust in God. My Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Oh, I trust in God. My Savior, the one who will never And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him.